Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note with me, Paul. And me, Ken. Hello. Hello there. Ken, you're in the driving seat this week. What have we got on the menu tonight? Have you ever wished you weren't gay? <laughs> this was something last week that, on, or I saw a few things on television, or just purely by accident, mm. and the characters in there were, they were going through, and it was only sort of in the background, it wasn't anything that I was really watching, but they were having a bit of a hard time being a gay. Right. And this was culminated by, of all things, Little Britain. I've never been a particular <laughs> fan of Little Britain, but Daffeth Thomas, the only gay in the village, it goes on and on and on about being a gay and, oh, it's terrible being the only gay. I just wondered, it just popped into my head, I wonder whether you've ever at any point in your life thought that it would be easier if you weren't gay. Oh, that's a, a, a very interesting question. Mm. I suppose going back to sort of when I was first realizing i probably thought it would be a lot easier if i wasn't because mm. i remember you, you talked on a previous podcast about which i didn't know you'd gone see big was it big daddy t um father, you, father jim jim father jim, father jim. Yeah. <laughs> robbie coltrane yeah. <laughs> oh he's happy wherever he is yeah that you were quite confused about the whole thing yeah, I, that was more because we'd never really been exposed to gays mm. before. And I I kind of thought the only people or the only men that I knew that were older and weren't married to women were priests. Ah, right. So I was thinking, well, if I, I, I definitely don't want to get married to a woman. So I guess My <laughs> only, only option. one option. There's yeah. only one possible way I can get out of this. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, Father Jim, I think, uh, spotted the <laughs> spotted the truth, and he just sort of said, "Why don't you go away, go to college, see what happens, and then if you still want to be a priest, you can do that when you're a bit older." Knowing full well that that was <laughs> that was never going to happen. Here's the address of the seminary. You'll get a lot of what you're looking for there, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Ah, the Catholic Church. <laughs> God bless them, everyone. <laughs> I think probably nowadays, or the, the sort of generation that are coming through now, who are sort of oh we don't you know we don't put labels on things and um, they do nothing but put labels on <laughs> yeah, lying bastards. They just make up new labels. <laughs> uh, but there were a lot of self-hating gays back in the day who because oh. but just because I mean obviously at some at one point it was illegal mm. you were likely to end up having. Either in prison or in, in an asylum, or having electric shock therapy to to buzz the gay out of you. It works every time. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously there were once we were finally allowed to be gay, then AIDS came along, <laughs> uh, and Mrs. Thatcher came along. We warned <laughs> you. Look what you've brought with you. It's God's way of punishing you. They did actually, there was some crackpot did actually say it's God's way of punishing you and it was a mm. bishop or something. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, a lot of the sort of media <laughs> <laughs> around about the time that AIDS was sort of coming up. And that, that's the reason why they didn't take it seriously because it was like, well, it's only affecting the gays and you're only getting it by sleeping with men. So if you didn't do that, then you wouldn't get AIDS and you wouldn't die. So there's been a... 
an awful lot. And obviously you do get, I think you've spoken about it a few times with people who have been married to women and had Mm. children, then finally come out. Pippi Schofield, one of the uh, one of the prime examples of that. Pippi, <laughs> is this his gay name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think uh, although we've we've spoken about sort of coming out and how it's probably a lot easier now. It's it's easy for us to say it, but it isn't because you still don't know how people are going to react. Someone did ask me the other week if I could go back in time to you know being 15 or 16 Mm. or something and i could change it would i still be gay and i think that i would because for all really absolutely yeah i cannot imagine choosing to be straight oh sorry i thought you meant that you would choose to be straight rather than being gay no no um for all that we've talked about uh, being gay isn't a personality trait <laughs> it, it does form a lot of of who i am and it sort of formed a lot of my experiences mm. going going through life so yeah I, I wouldn't change it have there been times when i've thought would it be easier if i wasn't yes but not really so much now mm. well i think now just again looking from the an outside perspective being gay at the minute is is almost like a it's fashionable mm. and it has been for some time it's not just a it's not a fad but you were at that cusp really where it was and it becoming a little bit queer as folk mm. oh, acceptance so you were right on the like the curve of the arc there between the old and the new i think mm. again uh looking at it from the outside in there's a, a, a very strong gay culture, certainly in, in Britain. Can't speak for the rest of the world, but uh, I don't think there's, the, there's this big homophobia that exists. Again, I'm not on the receiving end, so I can't say specifically, but I don't think Britain is as hateful as people make it out to be on, on many levels. No, I think, I think you're right. There are still hate crimes and, mm, and things mm. like that, but generally, if I meet someone new or... You know, I'm, I'm chatting to someone. I don't feel, well, not scared, but I don't feel worried about how they're going to react if I mm. talk about my husband or, you know, if I say that I'm gay. Whereas maybe 20 years ago, mm. it would, that would have been different. And I think, although obviously there are homophobic attacks, they are quite, quite rare and you'd have to be quite unlucky to <laughs> be caught up in one. So yeah, I think you are right. I think possibly the haters have moved on to other groups. But yeah, it's it's definitely a lot more accepted. And I, I think it's partly because of things like Queer as Folk, where everyone's just like, all mm. right. And, but also through, just through the media in general, through the soaps, mm. uh, not so much films, although, you know, the occasional film comes through. Shows like, obviously... We can't go an episode without mentioning Doctor Who. Obviously not, no, no. But when that came back, they've had gay characters, Mm. there's been gay references, and it's just sort of made more of a, just a normal thing. Yeah. I was watching Coronation Street the other day, and um, one of the characters, in fact, there was two different scenes. So there was a character who has got two dads, Mm -hmm. two gay dads, 
And also another character which he, with uh, Sean, played by Anthony, Anthony Cotton. Cotton. Yeah. Is he still in it? He's still in it. He's been in it for years. And in the scene was just him, and he broke up with his boyfriend. It wasn't a big gay crisis or anything. He broke up with his boyfriend because his boyfriend was horrible. Hmm. But it was just treated like the breakup of any other relationship. And it was so weird that there was no, you know, there was no comment about it. There was nothing. It was just another relationship. And to think that probably less than 20 years ago that Todd Grimshaw came out in Coronation Street. He was the first first character to come out on Coronation Street. And that was and that was a huge thing. What? Todd was in it before Anthony Cotton was in it? Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Cotton came into it as a, a sort of, a, like a mentor character to Todd when he was... I, well, having not watched it for years, I don't know. But Anthony Cotton just seems to have been around forever. He's part of the cobbles. Now. Yes, yeah, he has. Uh, he's never left. But you mentioning that, that is, I have beat this drum a bit before, that I think that's a, a better way of normalising it mm. rather than going on about a gay, oh God, uh, is it because, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and focusing on the gay rather than on the human. Yes, yeah. So if we stick with Coronation Street, there's um, a couple of characters, two girls. They both had boyfriends in the past, and then they started spending time together and decided that they liked each other, and then they started dating. Mm. And although one of the characters, her dad, you know, sort of made a few comments, it was all general. No one, no one was saying. So, so what are you? Are you a lesbian now? You know, what what are you? They just were like, mm, yeah, you know, I was dating a boy before, now I'm dating a girl, whatever. And it was just treated as a, a normal thing. And yeah, that's that's it. We, you, although there is still a place for big coming out dramas and mm. heartbreak and stuff like that, it doesn't have to be every single time. No, it doesn't. I think it diminishes it when you focus on the gay, the black, the whatever, mm. rather than just being people. Mm. I'll maintain this to my dying breath. I think that the best way to normalise something is not to talk about it, just to have it there. Yes. There is a gay black character in Coronation Street as well, who's also... Gay a, and black? Yeah. How does he have the time? <laughs> and he's also a professional footballer. What? <laughs> so they've done... Uh, really multitasking Yeah. There. His family already knew that mm. he was gay. So, it, you know, there wasn't the big coming out to the family scene, but they've dealt with how he comes out as a professional footballer as well. Is, is it for Weatherfield Rovers or something? Weathy County, yeah. Weathy County? <laughs> yeah. I definitely now am glad that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. But de- yeah, there were times, but the times when I, I wouldn't say I wished that I wasn't, but I thought it could, it would be easier if I wasn't. But they were a long, a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> Shall we rate this in Boas? <laughs> let's, let's. I'm not quite sure how we're going to rate this in Boas. <laughs> it's um, in terms of how society is, Compared to how things used to, certainly when you first came out, which is that's a good 20 years ago now, at least, probably yeah, a little yeah. bit over. Mm. On the whole, look, at, yeah. you, you are a gay, so you're, <laughs> you're best qualified to, uh, to speak on this, I suppose. But how uh, far up the scale do you think people wished they weren't gay in 2022? I think that it's probably a lot less now. Mm. Uh, things have moved on. And as you say, the, the world in general is more accepting. 
there are parts of the world and certain groups of people that aren't, but there's always going to be those kind of people. And also the demographic that I belong to, the place where I live, my family background mm. of uh, friends, mean that I'm a, a bit of a bubble. Come, and there are people, you know, I could be, I could be sitting next to someone at work who's had a completely different experience who says, oh, no, everything's awful. I can't, I, I can't stand it. But yeah, I think in terms of how well, how far we've moved on, at least even in the last 20 years, I would say for gays, we're getting up there to a four in terms of progress. <laughs> Still some way to go, but it's going well. For other groups, maybe um, a lot less. Yeah. Maybe I've, going backwards. Well, <laughs> I, I would say that the, um, certainly the Asian groups and the Asian, there's a, a couple of Asian gays that I've known and they have been... Even in England in 2022, I think they would wish that they weren't gay because they just have no chance whatsoever of, of coming out. I do feel mm. sorry for the Muslims. The, the society is still quite closed to that. There is a way to behave. You must date within the Muslim community. You are not a gay, etc., mm. etc. Et it's very closed. I think they've got quite a way to go further than, than perhaps the white community or, and, or other communities rather. Yes, yeah, you're, you're probably right. The rules of religion, I think one of the religion, is, yeah. yeah, people who follow Islam mm. tend to follow it and stick to yes. other rules, whereas Christians and Catholics stick to the rules that they want to stick to. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> but I, I look at uh, certainly the Muslim world and I, I just see where the Catholic world was mm. about 50 or 60 years ago, because 50 or 60 years ago, that sort of nonsense would not have been tolerated in the house. It wasn't just no. me. It would have had the, uh, the priest drowned for an exorcism. Get <laughs> rid of the gayness <laughs> out of my boy. <laughs> well, it's time for another chapter of Ken's Dating Diary. Yay! This again is from within the past 12 months. I met up with somebody that I'd dated briefly about 10 years ago and uh, it was suggested that we went out for a drink and we did and we started seeing a little bit of each other. And then all the tremendous obvious reasons why I'd left in the first <laughs> place 10 years ago came rushing back to meet me. Again, very, uh, very beautiful woman as they always are. Good job, good background, darling little daughter, but quite convinced that I was seeing several other people on the quiet and she had proof of it of course even though she wouldn't prove that she'd got her proof because I, I was intrigued by how she knew this mm. but she kept going on and on and on there were two reasons one was the constant accusations and the other one was why are you so obsessed with gays <laughs> you have a gay podcast and why do you know so many gays I said well I have two gay friends, and by extension, their partners. <laughs> so in my close circle of friends, I've got a grand total of four gays. I don't think that's being obsessed with gays. So the accusations came thick and fast to the point where I did think, fuck this sky high, I want a quiet life. Uh, so I left. But never underestimate the level of paranoia out there in the dating world. Mm. It is through the roof. And did you ever find out what the proof was? No. No, no. <laughs> These are mysteries that are left unsolved. When, uh, generally speaking, I've been accused of affairs a couple of times in my life, and I've always asked the same question, who are they? And when the relationship comes to an end, why are they not in my bed? 
And uh, it's, the, these women never appear. I've been having an affair, but they're never seen again after I split up. No. It's very odd. <laughs> so, yes. Another chapter in Ken's dating diary. I think that wraps it up for, for this episode. So we will go. We're, we probably won't say we'll see you next week. <laughs> we, we've gone a little bit by, uh, bi-weekly, bi-monthly. I have no idea. It's uh, Yeah, the fault is entirely mine. I do the editing and I just haven't. I've been a little bit busy and I've had a fortnight where I've been on holiday and I've not done any editing at all. And yeah, it's, it's my fault. So we may, you may see a little less of us in future, but I am going to try and get us out weekly, <laughs> even if I don't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thought is there. The thought is there. And, it's and the we'll thought that counts. <laughs> Bye, kids. Bye. Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman. And the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.